I um, don't intend to be a long time here tonight, but I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. And, um, you know, folks, God's taking this church somewhere. God's taking this church somewhere. This is not a church just going in circles. This is not a church that's just going to circle the, the wagon again and you'll see it this you'll see this this same scenery next this time next year. I'm going to say that again. This, uh, this church is not just circling the old familiar wagon and you'll see this same scenery next year. No. No. Oh, I feel like preaching already. Praise the Lord. Numbers, chapter number 26 and uh, verse number 11. One single verse. One single verse verse numbers chapter 26 verse number 11 when you have it say amen. amen if you don't have it say hold on okay we'll wait on you Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers praise the Lord if you have it say amen Okay, that's more of you, praise the Lord. Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. I'd like to talk to you from this subject tonight for just a, uh, a few minutes. A message to the sons of Korah. A message to the sons of Korah. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to help us and let ask the Lord for revelation and understanding to come to you? Jesus, I thank you for the power that comes from preaching. I thank you tonight that you're going to be exalted and magnified and glorified. And I take authority now over every hindrance whether it be demonic or otherwise, and I bind it and I command it to be subject to the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask right now in the name of Jesus that our, our eyes would be enlightened, our minds would be expanded, and Lord Jesus, we would leave out of here tonight with an understanding of who we really are. In the name of Jesus. If you believe the Lord's going to help us, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord and give the Lord all the praise you can. Sound man, if you can give me some more monitor, that would be really great. Praise the Lord. Let's do that under the Lord just a little bit more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be seated if you're going to help me preach. Praise the Lord. I believe with my whole heart tonight and this may be a profound statement uh, or it may be a profound concept and something you may have not even considered but ladies and gentlemen I believe with my whole heart tonight that places matter to God 
In fact, places matter so much to God that he created places before he created people. Before there was an Adam, there was a garden. Before there was one man uh, upon the earth, God created a garden in Eden. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I marvel at these people nowadays. And there's not none of them here in this building, but I marvel at them because they will say stuff like, well, I can just go anywhere and get blessed. I can just go anywhere and get what I want. Well, you might check the record with old brother Abraham because my Bible tells me that God spoke to Abraham one day and he said to Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, and you bring him to the place that I tell you to bring him to. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that we shout about Jehovah Jireh in this church. Well, at least I hope you do. Uh, some of you don't know what Jehovah Jireh means, so let me catch you up on it. Uh, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord is my provider. Uh, Oh, yes, the Lord is my provider. If some of you ain't shouted about that yet, you should begin to shout about it right now. The Lord is my provider. Oh, yes. And he said, you go to the mountain that I tell you to go to. Now, I will propose to you tonight that if Abraham goes to the mountain he wants to go to, then there will be no ram caught in the thicket. Ah, yes. The devil would like to lie to some of us and tell us it's just okay to float around anywhere you want to go. But I got news for you. There's only one one mountaintop that has the ram in the thicket. Well, I believe that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let every word be established. So I got a second witness for some of you here tonight. Uh, there is a second witness that, that confirms that places matter to God. See, I'm going to tell you now, it was found in the book of 2 Kings when the Bible said there was this man by the name of Naaman. And the Bible said there was this prophet by the name of Elisha that told old brother Naaman, if you want to get rid of your leprosy, you got to go to the right place. Yes, you can't go to the Euphrates River and get rid of your leprosy. You can't go to the Mediterranean Sea and get rid of your leprosy. I wish I had somebody help me preach in here tonight. You can't go to the Tigris River and get rid of your leprosy. But if you're going to get rid of it, you've got to go down to the right place. Oh, yes. If he goes to the Euphrates, he dies of his leprosy. If he goes to the Tigris River, he's going to die of his leprosy. But because he went to the place that God said to go to, when he went down the seventh time, 
See, I'm going to tell some of y'all something right now. Don't you let the devil talk you out of your place. I got about 10 of you. I said, don't you let the devil talk you out of your place. If you're in the right place, stay in the place where you are. It may be some trouble. It may be some problems. Oh, because you're in the right place don't mean you're free of trouble, but it means that God is with you and you're in the right place to get what you need. Oh, somebody ought to praise the Lord in here. I'm going a little deeper. I'm going a little deeper in this church. I come to tell some of you tonight, you're not blessed because of what your last name is. You're not blessed because of your education. You're blessed because you're in the right place. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody shout, stay in the place. Stay in the place. Stay in the place. And I want to tell every spirit of hell tonight, you ain't talking me out of my place. You ain't talking me out of it. You ain't talking me out of it. I'm in the will of God, and I'm staying in the will of God. But just in case you're still not convinced, just in case you're still not convinced, I have a third witness. That third witness comes to us in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. When God, Jesus, speaks to his disciples and says to them, Go to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Ladies and gentlemen, if they go to Judea, they, they ain't going to get the power. If they go to Samaria, they're not going to get the power. But the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the place. It filled the place. Somebody better get on your feet and praise the Lord that you're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Don't let the devil cause you to question that. You're in the right place. Ma'am, don't let the enemy work on your mind to cause you to get anxious and move out of the place. Oh, oh, I just felt something here right now. Don't let the devil get you anxious, get you all messed up, and cause you to want to leave the place. Because... I'll prove it to you, ma'am. In Genesis chapter 26, there was this dude by the name of Isaac. You ever heard of him? In the book of Genesis 26, there's this man by the name of Isaac. And the Bible says he's in a famine. And he's in a famine. Ain't very much money coming in. Ain't very much happening right now. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't mind me. I'm plowing something up right here. I'm in a famine. 
And, well, they went out there and got the banana boxes. They went out there and got... They went out there and got the moving boxes. Oh, yeah, y'all don't know nothing about banana boxes. But that's what we call moving boxes. Oh, yeah. You ain't learned about moving till you have to pack some banana boxes. Listen to me. And they was they got the U-Haul on notice. But just before the 26-foot box truck got ready to back up to the tent, God cancels the moving party. And God says to Isaac, Isaac, you're not going anywhere. But God, I'm in a famine. But God said, no, I'm going to punch the devil right in the mouth. God says, I'm going to punch the devil right in the mouth. How are you going to do that? You're going to sow right where you are. You're not going to leave. You're going to sow right where you are. You're going to praise right where you are. I feel a little churchy in here right now. I said, you're going to sow right where you are. It may be dry, but I'm going to praise right where I am. And he says, can't make this up. He says, and when he does that, in the same year, not 10 years down the road, But the same year, God gave him a 100-fold return. Because the place matters. I just, listen, I just got this feeling. God just downloaded something on somebody. God just canceled somebody's moving party. God just unplugged somebody from getting anxious and let nervousness get a hold of you when God's trying to tell you stay in the place. I'm about to show the devil what he does not have. He does not have the ability to keep you from a harvest when you're in the right place. Somebody better praise the Lord. So, so, I'm trying to hurry. So, if the place matters, then the position of that place matters. Oh my. Oh, it's going to be fun right here. If the place matters, then the position of the place matters. God said to Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle that I might dwell among my people. Now, he said, I wanted this material. I wanted that material. But my brother, more importantly, God, where do you want it? Well, I'm glad that you asked. God said, I 
want my tabernacle at the center of the camp. I want you to build your life around that tabernacle. Ladies and gentlemen, this church is not a place you come to just on the weekends. This is not just a place you come to when you want your needs met. God said, I want your life to be built around that tabernacle. Oh, somebody praise him right now. God said, I want your life built around that thing. Now, why do you want that? Well, you know, my brother, that every day Israel saw miracles. They saw a miracle every day. When they unzipped the tent in the morning, they saw a pillar of cloud by day. When they zipped it up at night, they saw a pillar of fire. Somebody said, God doesn't work miracles anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, God hasn't stopped working miracles. The problem is, you got the tabernacle in the wrong spot. Ladies and gentlemen, when you build your life around that tabernacle, the miraculous is an easy access. Oh, come on, somebody ought to prioritize where the tabernacle's at. The problem is that God don't work miracles. It's not that. It's that we have put the tabernacle at the back of the camp. Okay. See, don't nobody. I know. Some folks going to get upset. I ain't trying to make you mad. I'd like to come back. Praise the Lord. I'd like for you to come back tomorrow night when I'm going to help you all out with a little something. Now, I was raised old school. I know. I was raised old school, y'all. Now, my mama believed. Now, whatever your pastor preaches, he's right, I'm wrong. But I'm going to tell y'all, my mama believed that when church was open, we are going to church. We're going to church. I, now, I know, y'all, I'm not built for comfort. I'm not built for speed. I'm built for comfort. I don't run nowhere very much. If you see me running, you better get to running because something is wrong. Y'all know it's the truth. Some big old 300 plus pound man ain't going to be running. Hello? I can barely catch my breath up here, let alone run. Oh, that's the facts. 
But when I was about 12 years old, 10, 11, 12 years old, I could put a bat on a ball. I mean, I could hit moonshots at 12 years old. And my mama came to me and she said to me, Bobby, I see you're picking up that game. And she said, I don't mind you playing that game, but the minute it interferes with the tabernacle, you got to go. What I'm trying to, it's a little quiet right now, but oh yeah, it's a little quiet right now. And the reason why it's quiet, because somebody's got the tabernacle at the back of the camp. My mama told me, Bobby, I didn't raise you to play baseball. I raised you to be anointed of God. I raised you to be anointed. Come to tell this church here tonight, God didn't raise you to get rich. He didn't raise you to. Ha- he raised you to build your life around that tabernacle. Oh, somebody lift your hands and worship the Lord right now. to come before my tabernacle I don't want your career to come before my tabernacle but if you put my tabernacle first in the center of the camp I'll bless everything you touch I'll bless everything I'll bless everything you touch he said so I want your life built around that tabernacle. And he says, the positions of the tribes matter. The positions of the tribe matter. He said, I, he said, okay, what are you talking about? He said, I want Judah at the front of the camp. He said, I want the praisers at the front of the camp. I don't think y'all hearing me right now. He said, I don't want the Facebook updaters at the front. I don't want the complainers at the front. I want the praisers at the front of the camp. Facebook updaters at the back of the camp. Put the YouTube scrollers at the back of the camp. But bring up the praisers at the front of the camp. Some of you are one praise away from the victory that you need. Some of you are one praise away. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody say, 
it, get to the front of the camp. If you're a praiser, get to the front. If you're a praiser, get up front. We need the praisers. Oh! Get the praisers to the front of the camp. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a praiser? Well, then you belong up front. But if you're a complainer, you've got to take another seat. Oh, yeah. If you're always nitpicking, you've got to go to the back of the camp. He said, you've got to put the praisers up front. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, when we come into church, we're not sitting here eating goldfish and drinking yuhus. Some of y'all don't know nothing about no yuhus, but I do. This ain't no time. We we don't. That's why when we come in here, we ain't coming up in here uh, just trying to pass the time because this is a holy place. And he said, I want the praisers to go first. The praisers will break up the resistance. That's why when you have an enemy attacking you from all sides, find you a praiser. Find you a praiser that will destroy the ambushments of the enemy with a praise. And so God said the position of the tribes matter. Now, now I don't have it here tonight. I wish I did. I wish I did, but I don't have the diagram here tonight. But Brother Dylan... If you had a, if I had a diagram of the tabernacle, around that tabernacle was a white linen fence. And stationed inside was the priesthood. It was the priest. Well, Brother Wade, why? Well, because they were instruments. They were instruments of the anointing. They weren't just mere men. They were instruments of the anointing. That's why when you see this pastor of yours, he's not just another man walking down the street. This is a man that is a receptacle of the anointing. He is an extension of... Somebody said, well, Brother Wade, I'm not better than anybody. You're absolutely right. But don't let the devil start lying to you and say, who, who, who is that that I should listen to them? They, I, they put my, their pants on just the way I do. Uh, I'm not going to get sidetracked here. I'm just going to try to help somebody. Uh, they, they put their pants on just like I do. Well, there's one significant difference. And this is what my bishop taught me. He said, Bobby... God has given me the ability to see in your life things that would destroy you before they have an opportunity to do so. Well, yeah, that's why he's called a watchman on the wall. Uh, Is this all right? Am I okay? 
that's why he's called a watchman on the wall. He said, I do put my pants on just like you. But the significant difference is God has given me the ability to see stuff in you that you don't see in yourself. That's why I'm thankful for a man of God. That's why I'm thankful for a pastor. Because when my pride starts to get ready to kill me, I got a man of God that'll say, hey, Bobby, you need to change that. Oh, yeah, I... I don't mean to bear long upon you, but I'll tell you what I'm talking about. It was some time ago. Can I have a few more minutes? Please don't get bored. I'm trying to do, we're trying to follow the Holy Ghost here. Uh, I, it was not so long ago that my man of God was, we were having a church picnic, if you will. And they were out there in the field and they were playing softball. Well, my man of God, being the man of God that he was, he was out there just trying to enjoy everything with everybody. And he got ready to pitch that softball. But as he got ready to pitch that softball, the Holy Ghost stopped him. And he tried to pitch it again. Three times he tried to pitch that softball. And ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Ghost sat down upon my bishop. And it matters not to me what people believe. Because my man of God's never lied one time. Listen, he's standing there and all of a sudden something comes upon him. The spirit of prayer comes upon him. He calls the people in from the outfield. He said, I don't know what's going, what's happening, but we got to pray right now. Ladies and gentlemen, they went into prayer. Listen now, they went into prayer. They didn't pray no longer, probably than a minute or two. When all of a sudden a carload of young people come pulling up in the drive come speeding up in the drive and ladies and gentlemen they said pastor you got to come quick he said what happened they said we was on our way us uptown and the car in front of us that was full of young people didn't see the 18 wheeler in their blind spot and pulled right out in front of that 18 wheeler and that 18 wheeler hit them but bishop not one of them lost their lives not one scratch ladies and gentlemen what is it God gave you a man of God that can see in the spirit hey I think we better lift our hands right now Hey. Hey. Check this out. So, those priesthood, they were Levites. Now, Levi, I think we better lift our hands one more time. I, I, I don't think, I don't feel a total release to move on right here. I'm going to tell, tell the new converts in this building right now. 
I'm going to tell the new converts in this building right now. Don't ever let a day go by that you forget to be thankful for a man of God that can come to you and say, hey, I see something getting ready to destroy you. I see something getting ready to take you out. You better turn around. Yeah, because had my man of God ignored the Spirit of God, we would have lost a carload of young people. I'm going to help you all out with something. And I may move on in this message, I may not. But I'm going to help you all out with something. God has changed the trajectory of this church so much that God has given you a pastor that can see in the spirit. Oh my. He has given you a path. Brother Wade, I don't know if I want that or not. I don't know if I want somebody seeing into my life like that. Why wouldn't you want somebody seeing your life like that? Why? Hey, I got news for you. My man of God could call me tonight. When I get out of here, my bishop could call me tonight and say, Bobby, something's getting ready to happen. So you better be bracing yourself. Something's get I got news for you. I'd be watching like there wasn't no tomorrow. I'd be watching every curve. I would be watching every corner. I'd be watching every. Are you hearing me right now? And Levi had three sons. Three sons. And their names was, their weird names, their names is Gershon, Merari, and Kohath. Three sons. Now they're weird names, but they have purpose. The first son, his name is Gershon. And he's in charge of the coverings of the tabernacle. He's in charge of the badger skin. He's in charge of the white linen curtains. He's in charge of the goat's hair. He's in charge of all that. Now, Brother Wade, what does that have to do with me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I'm going to help you figure out how it, what it has to do with you. You see, ladies and gentlemen, God wants some Gershonites in this church that knows how to keep things covered. I don't think you're hearing me right now. God's looking for some Gershonites in this church that even though you know your brother and sister's weaknesses, you don't run off on Facebook and air their weaknesses. Okay. Okay. God said, I want some Gershonites in this church that even though you know their weakness, you'll keep your mouth shut and keep on encouraging them because you know, had it not been for God, you'd be in the same mess they're in. Oh, is this okay? 
God said, I want some people that know how to keep some stuff covered up. After all, who gave you the authority to be, to be the police and tell stuff on everybody? Who gave you the right to be the informant? better not. I, I'm going to move on, but I, I'm going to tell some of y'all something right now. You don't have a license to inform on anybody, especially after God showed you mercy and kept your junk covered when you know you should have been exposed. If you don't praise God for nothing else in this service, you ought to praise God for his mercy. So you ought to praise God for his mercy. Because God forbid our skeletons come out the closet. Oh my. God forbid our skeletons come out the closet. Oh, I know you're real good at talking about other people's faults. But what about your own? Uh, I know you like to talk about so-and-so's lust problem. But what about your gossiping problem? What about your, your, your backbiting problem? What about your rebellion problem? Oh, man. Oh, don't get quiet now. Don't get quiet. Don't get quiet. Because if you start getting quiet, you start looking guilty. Uh, yeah. I, if I was you, I'd be saying amen. I don't care if I was the guiltiest one out there. Yeah. So God said, I want some Gershonites in this church that know how to keep things covered. I'm not talking about excusing sin. I'm not talking about turning a blind eye to sin, but I'm talking about, oh yeah, just so you know, I'm not talking about just turning a blind eye to sin and just saying, oh, well, you know, I'm talking about knowing the, because the Bible said, you that have been overtaken in a fault. You which are spiritual. You must get up there and do your best to cover. And until they're restored. Now, uh, until they're restored. Okay. He said, because when you become a Gershonite. Now, see. Um, see. Uh, I'm sorry for taking so long. See, bro. See. The Bible says, you know that Ark of the Covenant we like to jump up and down and shout about? You know, Ark of the Covenant. It's got, it's, it's, it, it's not no little coffee table. Mm -hmm. It weighs somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,800 to 2,000 pounds. It's not something you could just, it's not a one-man show to carry. Yeah. So here it is. This thing has got three things in it. Three th articles in it. It's got the pot of manna. It's got the tablets of stone. And it's got Aaron's rod that budded. Now, we like to jump and shout about that, brother. We like to jump and shout about that. But God's not impressed with them. 
Brother Wade, how do you know he's not impressed with them? Because if he was impressed with them, they would have been on display for everybody to see. But God's not impressed with them because those were instruments of God's judgment. They were instruments of God's judgment. But God said, what I want on display is that, is that thing in the middle of it. What I want on display is that thing on, in the middle of it that's covered by two cherubims. The thing I want on display is my mercy. I want my mercy on display. So when you come in this church, I don't want judgment on display. I want my mercy to be exposed. Somebody ought to get on your feet and praise the Lord in here right now. You ought to praise the Lord for his mercy. Yeah, I want my mercy on display. And if you ever remove my mercy, the only thing left is my judgment. The only thing left is my judgment. Now watch this, my brother. I find in the book of 1 Samuel 6, the Ark of the Covenant comes down there to Bethshemesh. And the Bible says it's on a cart. The Philistines send it down there on a cart. Ladies and gentlemen, I would have you to know tonight that it was on the cart. And when it came into the camp, somebody thought it would be cool to look under the lid. And when they lifted the lid, God killed 50,000 people because mercy got lifted I want to know how many people are backsliding right now because we didn't keep mercy in its right place. Uh, I told you last night God gave this church a key. I'm trying to hurry. I... Ma'am, I'm so sorry for being so long. I'm trying to hurry. I, that's not that I haven't heard from God. I have heard from God. Ladies and gentlemen, we need some people that'll keep mercy in place at any cost. At any cost. So the second son is Morari. And I could spend another 30 minutes. I won't do that. Morari is the second son. He's in charge of the structure of the tabernacle. He's in charge of the sockets and the pins and the boards. Now get it. God's like, if there's one piece missing, my glory is not going to fall. That's why, don't you let the devil lie to you and say your, your part in this church don't matter. Because... Because you may feel like you're nothing more than a janitor. You may feel like you're nothing more than somebody that's cleaning the yards. You may feel like, oh, I'm just a Sunday school teacher. I don't really matter. Oh, that's not what God said. God said every little socket and pin matters to me. And if you don't show up. 
We need some Marari's in this church that says the structure matters to me. Oh, the structure matters to me. It matters to us if you show up or not. Oh, did you hear what I said? It matters if you're here or not. Because we've got to have the glory of God. your neighbor tell them you matter oh yeah you matter look at them say you matter some of you didn't do it but I said look at them and say you matter your part matters in this church your place matters in this church every socket every pen every board you matter you matter you matter but here now the third son is the most important now. He's probably the most important one. Without him, everything is not going to flow together. His name is Kohath. Now, Kohath, uh, he's different from the rest because Kohath is in charge of carrying God's glory. He's in charge of carrying that eight, that 1800 pound box called the Ark of the Covenant. He's in charge of carrying it. Oh, I better not, but I think I will. Because uh, it, it's low hanging fruit. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. God did not call you to carry bitterness. God did not call you to carry anger. He did not call you to carry hatred. He called you to carry his glory. Yeah. You are a carrier of God's glory. Now listen, man. Watch this. Uh, check this out. This is, this is awesome. So God's got an attitude problem now. He's got an attitude problem, ladies and gentlemen, because of this man by the name of Korah. He's got an attitude because of Korah. Are y'all still with me out there? He's got an attitude because of Korah. He says, Korah, I'm angry at you. Listen, my brother. You see, we preached that God was angry at Korah because of rebellion. But rebellion was the byproduct of what was his original sin. His original problem was who he was hanging out with. Hear what I'm saying. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. God said, I'm upset at you, Cora, because you got hooked up with two losers that ain't going nowhere, and they know they're not going anywhere. And I'm going to tell this church right now where God's trying to take this church, you can't afford to get hooked up with people that ain't going anywhere, that don't want to go anywhere, that are happy being stuck where they've been. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I don't have time to be hooked up with people that don't want to move in the things of the Holy Ghost. Oh, 
somebody praise him in this house right now. Korah got hooked up with two idiots by the name of Dathan and Abiram. They were of the tribe of Reuben. Had no business hanging out. God spoke to their father Jacob and said, Reuben, you shall not excel. You've gone as far as you're going to go. They weren't going any further and they knew they weren't going any further. I'm going to tell you all something right now. The enemy knows he can't stop this church. Hello? That Reuben couldn't stop the church on his best day. But if I can get a Korah sideways, if I can get a Korah that's supposed to be carrying the glory upset, then I can stop the progress of the church. By the way, why are you preaching this right now? Because I'm going to tell you something. Because there's Reuben's at this very moment that would like to raise their head and hinder the progress of what's going on in this church. But you've got to make up your mind as a carrier of God's glory. I'm not going to allow it in my tent. I'm not going to allow it in my house. God said, I'm hacked off at you, Korah, because you were supposed to be a carrier of my glory. But instead, you, you carried. Hey. Uh, hey, Korah, you ain't got no business being jealous of anybody. <clears throat> you ain't got no business being jealous of anybody. Why are you jealous of Moses? Moses didn't even get the chance to carry the glory. Why are you jealous of Moses? Why are you jealous of, of Gershon? Why you got an attitude with everybody around you? You're supposed to be a carrier of God's glory. You're supposed to be a carrier of God's glory. And God said, I'm upset at you, Cora, because now you carried, and he got so bad, bro. He got so bad that he decided, I'm going to throw such a fit that I'm going to build my own tabernacle. I'm going to do my own thing. And you're not going to stop me. And God said, that's, and see in Numbers 15, in Numbers 15, this is what he says. He says, the, Moses says, God said, put a ribbon of blue around the fringe of your garment. Well, Korah shows up and 250 idiots looks, looks at Moses and says, who do you think you are? Who do you 
think you are, tell me he put a ribbon of blue. And Jewish history tells us they came out with robes of blue. Well, there's one small problem with that man. The only one qualified to wear a robe of blue was the high priest. And when they came out there with that robe of blue on, they were telling the whole camp, I have the ability to be my own priest. I can be my own priest. I can be my own priest. And God said, get out of my way. I'm going to kill every one of them. Oh, because you don't have the authority to be your own priest. You don't have the authority to be your own priest. You need somebody that can go in and intercede for you. You need somebody that can go in and stand between life and death for you. I know it's a little quiet, but I know right where I'm at. Know right where I'm at. Never think one single solitary second that you can be your own priest because you can't. I need a man of God, sir, to go to God on your behalf and to cancel out the plans of the devil. You're going to need somebody that can stand between you and the suicide and say, you ain't coming to that house. And God said, get out of my way. Moses, I'm going to take all of them out. But ladies and gentlemen, my scripture text to us tonight has yet a question to be answered. The question I have for all of you intelligent people tonight is God said in his holy writ one single verse in Numbers 26 11 notwithstanding the children of Korah died not now my question because he killed Reuben's kids He killed Aiken's kids. He killed all those other folks. Oh, yeah, he did. But he didn't let Korah's kids die. Now, my question to you is, my brother, why wouldn't he kill Korah's kids? Well, you can find that answer in the book of 1 Samuel. When there's this woman by the name of Hannah. Oh, yeah, this woman by the name of Hannah. She's down there at Shiloh calling out for a son. And God gives her a son. God gives her a son. And his name is Samuel. And Samuel is the seventh generation grandson of a man by the name of Korah. God said, I'm not going to give kill your kids, Korah, because there's prophecy in them that they haven't given birth to yet. I come to tell the 
this church tonight. God said this church is still alive right now because there's prophecy in the womb of your spirit that you're going to give birth to. Oh, you ought to get on your feet and praise the Lord about that right there. Did you hear me, CMT? I know I preached a long time, but I come to tell this church there's prophecy in the womb of your family that you haven't given birth to yet. Stay standing, I'm closing. CMT should have dried up a long time ago. Hey, that church should have died a long time ago. All the hell it's been through, all the chaos it's gone through, but God said it's not going to die because I've got prophecy over them. But brother, wait, so-and-so acted stupid. So-and-so acted crazy. So-and-so, that doesn't matter. God saw seven generations ahead that there was a Samuel coming. those trials didn't kill you that's why that stuff didn't take you out that's why that temptation didn't didn't take you out because you've got prophecy in you that God said I saw that you didn't see I saw what you could not see mama you're still around today because you got prophecy in you that you're going to give birth to I think we better lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. CMT, CMT, you're still here because you got prophecy in you. You're still here. You're still here. You're still moving. You still have something that God wants to give birth to through you. Oh, somebody cry out to God right now. Somebody. And what this church is seeing right now is the beginnings. 
It's what you're seeing right now. It's the beginnings of prophecy that's being given birth to. What you're seeing right now is the beginnings. It's just the beginnings of what God's going to allow you to birth. Just the beginning. Just the beginning, my brother. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. You're just starting to see a little crack in the wall. You're just starting to see a little crack in the wall. But God said, I didn't let you die. I didn't let you, I didn't let your kids die, Cora. Because I'm gonna birth something in them. Oh, I think somebody that's excited about what you're going to give birth to ought to step out of your seat right now. I'm not asking you to run. I'm not asking you to jump. I'm not asking you to roll. But what God is asking out of us, hey, hey, CMT. Make up your mind. Hey, CMT, make up your mind right now. Make up your mind right now, CMT. Make up your mind right now, CMT. I'm going to stay. I'm going to push. I'm going to be a part of the structure. I'm going to be a part of the covering. I'm going to be a carrier of God's glory until I see the fruition of what God said I'm going to have. This is not the sum total of all you're ever going to be. This is not the sum total of everything God's got planned. saw what you were going to become long before you ever saw it. God saw there was the prophetic in your lineage before you ever saw it. God saw there was prophecy in the womb of your spirit before you ever saw what it was. your mind right now I'm not going to quit now I'm not going to back down now don't stop praying y'all the Holy Ghost is moving on people come on don't stop praying the Holy Ghost is moving on folks Come on, somebody's coming in contact with the reality of what God wants to do for them right now. <laughs> 